All right, welcome everybody back to another episode of My Mortgage Guy. My name is Jesse, here with My Mortgage Guy, Nick Kasha. Hello, world. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm just doing fantastic, Jesse. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing lovely, actually. Oh. It's been a while since we spoke last. I know, it's been a, at least 12 seconds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, the lingo you'll hear in the process um, from the start to finish. Yes, sir. Um, so, you know, I've I've been through uh, the process myself. I, I used to be a processor back in the day, and we'll explain what that is in just a moment. But um, so I have I have uh, fairly uh, good knowledge on these. But you know, for the for the a person buying their house for the first time, or even going through a refi, you know, if you're going through a refi, you probably bought your house, you know, at least a couple of years ago. Uh, so you might forget about these things. So first, we're going to talk about the people. Yes. And uh, like what people are involved. Uh, so at first is the loan officer. So like who's the loan officer? What does that mean? Yes. So um, yeah, I, I came up with this topic and I, I thought you'd obviously be good with it, Jesse, because you've been through it and you kind of know all the background. Most people don't, like you said. So uh, the basic, like you said, going with the basics, the loan officer is is me, the, your mortgage guy. Uh, he's the person who's going to take your application or she's going to take your application. They are going to quote you rates. They're going to lock in your loan, and they're going to be your advocate and the person who starts your loan, works you through the whole process, and gets you to the closing table. So they, they're, they're the more, person you're talking to the whole time, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be them. I mean, sometimes they have a team, whatever, but they're the person with their license on the line. They're locking you in, and they're, they're quoting you the rates, and everything falls under their name, and, and they're the ones who are uh, originating the loan, starting the loan for you. Okay, so once we start the loan process... Yes, the processor comes along. The processor, which you used to do yep. back in your, your previous life. Mm-hmm. Um, a processor is uh, an employee of the bank, and they work hand-in-hand with the, the loan officer in most cases to get the borrower, get all of the paperwork the borrower needs, get all the information that, that's required to get the loan uh, packaged up and sent over to the underwriter, which is the next person, I think, on your list. Yep. Um, and, and the processor works with the borrower, the buyer, and works with the loan officer and all other parties involved to, to kind of set up the entire process. The, the processor, a good processor, is uh, gold. Uh, they're, you know, they're dealing with customer service. They're dealing with getting people to the, the finish line and really, really guiding everyone along the way and keeping um, everything in line. So yeah. your processor is going to, you know, they're going to reach out to you and they're going to be the go-between sometimes between you and the loan officer too. So Yeah, and for the most part, like like as I remember being a processor, that I, I was a person uh, sorting everything out, just uh, yep. going through the loan with a fine-tooth comb and really reaching back out to the loan officer or borrower to let them know what they're missing in the file. Yes, you know things are out of yep. date or whatever. We need this. We need that. Yep. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna deal with a lot of the, the paperwork stuff. Uh, while while the loan officer is like that, if you look at it like a um, the loan officer is like on top, like the the manager of a, of a team, yeah. like a baseball team or something. They're they're making sure all the pieces are moving together, everything's working out, and the processor is like the assistant coach who's making sure that every detail is followed and everything is being performed uh, specific to a right reason. Yeah, and uh, so once the processor has everything they need, they submit it to underwriting. So there's an- another person now. Correct. Involved. And underwriting is directly, they directly work for the bank. They don't work for any branches or anything. They represent the bank, and their whole job is to determine if your loan application qualifies um, for the guidelines that are set before us, for all of us, uh, by you know by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, whatever type of loan you're going after. They gotta, They make sure that, 
everything is in line, all the paperwork's correct, everything's good um, for us to lend you out the money you need to buy the house. Mm. So they're like the Wizard of Oz behind the scene. You're probably, most people will never ever talk to an underwriter, right. but they're doing a lot of the background stuff and they're kind of the ones that, they're the ones that give you the okay, tell you what you need, what you're missing, how, um, and they'll tell us, they'll tell the processor or the loan officer, and we'll get what they need. But they're they're basically behind the scenes doing uh, all the nitty-gritty work and making sure that the loan works per the guidelines so that uh, when when you close, uh, well, when you're about to close, like we're going to give you the money and we're, everything's going to pass like the, the basics of the uh, loan file. So the underwriter is the last person basically to see the it's pretty much that gives it okay to go to the yep. clear to close. The we'll lo- talk to that in a second to what's in the closing exactly, officer. Exactly, yeah. The loan officer. I mean, uh, the, the underwriter is the, the, the end-all be-all. Yep. Once they give you the okay and everything's all clear, like that's that's it. You're, you're good to go and, to get to the closing team. And as you mentioned, they're, they're just talking to the loan officer and processor to basically get all the information they need, and, yeah. which is relating back to you, the borrower. Yep, exactly. We'll, we'll explain more about the process yep. in, a, in a second, but that's that's their main job. So, okay. Yeah. So we have a few uh, words in the process section. So, the, I mean, to to get everything really started after you have your loan officer or whatever, you need a pre-approval. Correct. What is a pre- pre-approval? Pre-approval is a, it, it's a, basically the pre-application process. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go to a loan officer. They're going to get all of your information. They're going to do all the upfront work to, to determine if you qualify, what you qualify for, and what your monthly payments and your, your, your um, purchase price, purchase power would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pre-approval meeting, the first time you talk to them, it could be, you could fill something out online, you can meet them in person, on the phone. But what they're really, what they're doing is they're determining the basics of your financial stability. So mm-hmm. they're going to get your credit report, they're going to get your work information, your income, obviously your income information, your assets. And they're going to see, uh, kind of on a broad stroke basis, if you would qualify for the loans that they have in place and what loans you would qualify for. Okay. With that letter, after that meeting, they're going to determine what you qualify for and give you the a pre-approval letter. That letter will show your maximum amount of money that you can uh, buy a house for and purchase, yep. what your expected down payment would be, what your and um, what type of loan you're going to do, conventional, FHA, VA, and yep. stuff. So what happens is, People would use that letter, and this would be the next part to to make an offer on a property. Yep. So go uh, next part. You want to go right into that? Yeah, you can go. Yep. Yeah, we can go right into that. Uh, so uh, yeah, so what is the offer? So after you have pre approval, I mean, you need a pre approval for an offer letter. Yes, you need a pre approval even to go start looking for houses. Okay. But then you're gonna have a real estate agent you go with, and that real estate agent is gonna take you a house. You love the house. You want to make an offer. An offer is. Obviously, you don't. You know, everybody knows what an offer is, but yeah. there's actual there's an actual written agreement that you're going to present to the seller. I want to offer you X amount of money, and they're going to with that offer. It's going to um, outline your the timeline in which we want to close, the terms of the the offer you're giving, and that pre approval letter is going to be attached to it to show that you've talked to a bank, you've gone through the necessary upfront process of getting your credit and your income checked, yeah. and that uh, as everything stands right now, you would be approved. Uh, by the by, the bank by the loan officer that you talk to, so you, your offer is a legit. Yeah. You know you're gonna get to the, the finish line and, and buy the house from that person. So the offer letter I'm assuming is a contract. Yes, yeah. Once the offer is accepted, then you have a contract. That's a purchase and sales contract. Some people call it a PNS. Yeah. Um, that is the official contract that's that outlines and and um, so explains this, the entire 
yeah. purchase of the house. And at this point, is this when the, the, the seller has agreed to your terms? Exactly. Yep. The seller agrees to your offer. Uh, the two agents, or in some states, two attorneys, they they um, go back and forth with one another, and they, they write up an actual contract. All the language has to be agreed to. Mm-hmm. And so on that contract will be the purchase price, the closing date, the terms of what you're offering, and then kind of a lot of it has uh, – is a lot of legal stuff with like your rights as a buyer, your, your way to get out of a process, um, yeah. and, and and certain things that go along with with buying the house. So the next part would probably be the inspection. Right. So you're in the process now. Now you're 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 moving, and this is the real estate side. So real estate after the um, the offer is accepted, after you're in contract, then you have a some places is different, but in Rhode Island you have a ten day inspection period. Yep. You have that inspection period to go look at the house. With a licensed inspector, that person looks at it with a fine-tooth comb, and um, now they determine that the inspector determines if there's anything wrong with the house. They'll give you a, a written report. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things always come up. If it's a huge issue, you have the right at that time to back out and get your your money back, mm-hmm. uh, your earnest money deposit, um, which you give with a um, with your contract. I, I think I skipped over this. Well, your contract, you give an earnest money deposit, which is a check. Basically saying that you, the seller can hold this check. The seller's agent will hold this check, this amount of money, yeah, um, in good faith, as a sign that you're going to move forward with the loan. So, as, how, how as, much is that usually? So it really depends. Um, usually, I see around like five to ten thousand dollars. Okay. Um, there in certain states, certain deals, I've had people actually put like five percent up for the check. Uh, okay. And what that does is, is it, it locks you into the contract. You can get out of the contract with certain uh, specifications, like if you get denied from a mortgage or the house doesn't pass inspection, you can get out of the contract and get your money back. Mm. But if you, it, it's there for a reason, kind of to be like, if you get to the closing table, everything looks good, every, you've done everything, but uh, you decide you don't want to buy the house and you back out, you can lose that deposit. That's the reason why you would put that up. Okay. Uh, so after the inspection, is the appraisal, I'm assuming? Yes, um, inspection goes good. You have the green light to your loan officer. The processor of that company will order the appraisal for you. Yep. And the appraisal is different. It's, it is somebody going out to look at the house, but they, their main job is to determine the value of the property. Mm-hmm. The appraiser is there on behalf of you, but really on behalf of the bank to make sure the house is worth what you're buying it for. Right. And they, they check minor things in the house. They're not going to do a full inspection, but they got to make sure, obviously, utilities are on. The house is livable. There's, it's not like a half done, um, uh, like contracted house that that somebody yeah. ripped apart and didn't put back together. Like their job, but their job at the end of the day is to determine the value of the property and make sure you're, what you're in contract to buy it for is, is worth what it's for. And are there different types of appraisals, like drive-by appraisals, and there are, like yeah. So and- most. These days, during COVID, there were a lot more drive-by appraisals, and they were called desktop appraisals, where they Which just means, yeah. they, they're they're basically sitting at their house and they're just looking at the uh, comparable sales in the area, okay, with the square footage of your house and what they think your house is worth. Yeah, those uh, they still happen a lot, but not as often. But uh, then there's a full appraisal where they go inside your house, they take measurements, they determine how much your house is valued at, how much is worth, all that stuff. So okay, that's a full appraisal. Uh, and then we have the title. Title is the other part. So once the once you have the green light, you get the title, which is uh, all the paperwork that has to go along with the house. That's the actual the deed, the title, 
um, anything that's happened in the past. You have an attorney. You will hire an attorney during the process. That attorney will do all that background work. Yep. Uh, there's a title insurance company that's involved. They, they go back through the entire history of that property to make sure there's no encumbrances, there's no issues. You're buying a, a clean house that's you're not going to get haunted by something that happened in 1982 that you had no control over. Yep. So that's what the title is. All right, so we're going to go into the active loan now. Um, so we'll start with the full application. There's a lot yeah. of signing on, on the borrower. Exactly. Full application and, uh, and the, the disclosure. Really, yeah, those, yeah. those are two things that happen right away. Um, once the contract's signed, you give it to your loan officer. You have your personal stuff with the the uh, real estate agent happening with the actual house, and the loan officer is working on the mortgage application. This is everything you did up to this point is a pre-approval. This is the actual approval process. Mm-hmm. We're going to take all of the information you submitted, and we're going to submit that all to the underwriter that we talked about before. With that, we have a disclosure package. This disclosure package is depending on the type of loan you have, like thirty to sixty pages of your rights as a borrower. Uh, you're going to sign off on verifications of employment, uh, IRS information, um, and then uh, the most important part is the actual application where it's all your information put forward about work history, yep. where you've lived, who you are, social security number, your credit report, all that stuff. Um, and then the, the absolute most important part is called the loan estimate. Yep. And that is, uh, that's the breakdown of all the costs of the loan. Your interest rate, your total monthly payments, and everything that uh, that's being given to you by the bank, you got you're going to get all that information up front, so you know, so you know what you're walking into. Yeah. So with uh, you know the application the loan estimate, then we have like you know, there you will start hearing things like DTI and LTV, and, w- and what are those? Correct. Yeah. So to qualify for each mortgage, um, you got LTV first is your loan to value. Mm-hmm. So all that is is it's it's. The loan amount divided by the value of the property. So if you're buying yeah. a house for four hundred thousand and you're putting a hundred thousand dollars down, it's uh, three hundred thousand divided by four hundred thousand is seventy five percent. So you're buying when you buy mm-hmm. your loan to value is seventy five percent. That means your equity to value. So what you own in the house is twenty five percent. Yeah. The bank owns seventy five in, in layman's terms. The bank owns seventy five percent. Yeah. You own twenty five percent. The next thirty years, if you're having a thirty year loan, you're going to pay off that seventy five percent, and then you own a hundred percent. Is there anything bad about that? Like having fifty percent or whatever? Or like does that even matter? Like what that percentage is if it's seventy five percent or no? Mo- I mean, mo- most loans aren't set twenty five percent. Most people do. You can do five percent, three and a half percent, whatever it is. So three and a half percent would be ninety six point five. So it's usually in the nineties. Yeah, usually part. for your first house, you're probably going to be in the nineties unless yeah. you have a lot of money, uh, a lot of cash on hand. Yeah. So it really is just it, there. Each loan has a certain level you can go to. So an FHA loan, you have a ninety six point five. So that's a three and a half percent down payment. Ninety six point five loan to value. Yeah. Uh, conventional loan, depending on which one you do, five percent for a down payment is usually yeah. uh, what you're going to. Uh, go towards so that's you gotta have a ninety five percent loan to value so that's what yeah. the LTV is that brings us, and then that brings us to the DTI yeah you'll hear this a ton that's debt to income ratio mm-hmm. and that is a, a, one of the most important things that that goes along with qualifying you for a mortgage your debt to income ratio again we take all of your debt and yep. we divide it by your income all your bills everything we take your your everything that's on your credit report mm-hmm. so credit cards car payment student loans. Anything else that might be on there? <coughs> Excuse me. Yep. Uh, we take the minimum payment, so we don't care if you have a ten thousand dollar credit card bill. If your minimum payment is a hundred bucks, we only care about the hundred. Okay. Your minimum monthly payments on those things, plus anything outstanding, like if you have alimony or child support or whatever it may be, yeah. we af- 
or IRS payments they have to pay back the RNA credit report. Student we, loans. We, student loans, yep. We, we add those together with the expected cost of the house. Yep. So if the house is going to cost you two thousand a month and your bills are eight hundred, you yeah. it's two thousand eight hundred dollars a month is what your yeah. your total debt load is, and we divide that by your gross income. The mm-hmm. gro- gross is before tax income. Yep. So if your salary is a hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. you know you don't take home a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. But as far as the bank is concerned, you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So every month, if you break it down, that's ninety six hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So your debt to income is twenty eight hundred divided by ninety six hundred, and your debt to income ratio in that point, I can't do basic math off the top of my head, but like probably thirty percent. Oh, sorry, I was on the opposite side. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's thirty percent. So, so yeah. anyway, that that would be uh, that's your debt to income DTI. Is there, a, all time. is there a threshold you want to stay under? Exactly. Yep. Great segue, Jesse. Great question. Hey, um, yes, your, your threshold for mo- most loans is going to be fifty percent, depending on your credit score. Everything changes; it's all it, everything fluctuates depending on you specifically. But mostly um, conventional loans, you're going to want to be under forty five percent debt to income ratio. Yep. Uh, FHA allows you to go a little higher; you can go up to fifty five percent. Some conventional loans, you have really good credit; you can go to fifty percent. Yep. Um, I always and, and those are your absolute maxes. I always tell people you don't want to go to your max because that means all of your money. I mean, you, you get. You really take home seventy percent of what you make, mm-hmm. so that means you really. If you go to fifty percent, that's really you really don't have much to play with after that to to actually live your life. So call that uh, house poor. Yeah, you exactly. Be house poor. You'll uh, be stuck. Uh, so that's yeah, that's that part. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say about that. Uh, so DTI, but, if you if you're under the DTI mm-hmm. and the loan to value is good and the house appraises for the right value. And we do all this stuff. We're going to submit this loan to the underwriter, and the underwriter is going to give us back a commitment letter. Yep. I think that was the next thing we were going to talk about. Yeah, I was also going to say just uh, with the DTI, that, that's why they tell you not to buy a new car in the process. Exactly. Or anything DTI, right. large amount of money. Anything you do process. during the process, you get, if you it mostly comes down to opening new credit. So if you buy yeah. a new car, they're going to pull your credit a bunch. That could affect you negatively. That could go down. And if you buy a new car and your your debt increases, so say you go from two hundred dollars a month to five hundred, that three hundred dollars is now added to your total yeah. debt every month, and that could disqualify you from the because loan. Because you pull to get. a credit report before close, I'm assuming, right? Just we don't pull before close. We do. We it's not a hard credit pull. We just yeah. do a, a basic update, and we get updates from the credit bureau. Okay. So if you pull your credit during the process, we get an alert, and then we have we might have to pull your credit. But okay. for the most part, if you don't do anything, we won't randomly pull your credit again. So right. you're good. So as you mentioned, the commitment letter. Commitment letter, yeah. The underwriter is going to take all the information we give. If we stay in the thresholds that we need under the debt-to-income level, the appraisal is right, all that stuff's right, they give us back a commitment letter stating that the, the bank is now committed to lending you the money. There are there will be conditions on that letter sometimes. Sometimes it's clean. Sometimes you'll have conditions like we'll need updated pay stubs. We'll need updated bank statements, whatever it may be. But they're usually just paperwork stuff. Once those are fulfilled, mm-hmm. we'll be good to go. So that commitment letter is what you're going to present to the sell- the sellers of the house showing that you've made it this far. The bank's committed to make, you know, to um to lending you the money, yep. and you're only a, a certain amount of time away from the closing, as long as the rest of the commitment. So the seller at that point is, they're now good. You're you're ready to close. So yeah, you pass that major milestone. So I have closing disclosure and clear to close on here. What comes first? So um, 
it kind of depends. Usually, we're probably going to get the clear to close first. Right. Because at that point, once the commitment's done and your conditions, we send you your commit, uh, conditions that we need, yeah. you're going to send those back to us right away. Yeah. We're going to resubmit the loan to the underwriter for the final clear to close. And they'll give that. They'll give us a final clear to close. And once that happens, then that at that point, clear to close or CTC, sometimes people say. Yeah. It, that's it. The whole process is done. You are set. You're going to you're gonna get this house, barring like anything crazy happening like you know, you get fired from your job a day before the closing or something. Yeah. Or you just quit your job. But if everything remains the same, you're going to get to the finish line. At that point, we'll, you probably will have about seven days or so before the actual closing. And we're going to send out your closing disclosure, which is the final yep. um, the final amount of money that, that goes into the like closing costs. The closing costs. Like your actual final closing costs, your final... Uh, the total amount you're going to have to pay every single month, mortgage, taxes, insurance, all that stuff. Uh, and... And your closing costs are pretty much going to be finalized. I mean, if you're a little early with the closing disclosures, they could change based on taxes or something. But for the most part, you're going to be um, you're going to be shown the exact final amounts you're going to have with the loan. All the numbers are set at that point. Yeah. So the closing costs. That's when you're in the closing disclosures. Is it? Are they? Are they? Yes. The closing costs are everything. That it, that, all that, the fees it takes to get to. Yeah. to to finish the loan. So and that's when with your attorney. Yes, the attorney fees. That you've uh, already fee- got assigned or you assigned yeah. them yourself. Right. Yeah. If you if you picked your own attorney, the attorney fees are finalized. The uh the the bank fees, so our fees would be in there as well. If you um you know the the appraisal fees, uh recording fees, anything like that is all included. So those are your actual closing costs. And then you have escrows. Yep. And escrow you're basically setting up an escrow account, which is an account Escrow just means it's an account held by somebody else on your behalf. Yep. So your escrow account with the bank is we're going to collect three months of uh, taxes or three months of insurance, depending on what town or, or city you're buying it. But for the most part, a quarter of taxes, a quarter of insurance. We set up this account on your behalf, so we pay everything for you. And there's always we always want a cushion in there in case you miss a payment. We could still pay your taxes and your insurance for you. So we also collect those at closing as well. Okay. So that's escrows. Um, so, yeah, closing costs. Uh, the closing disclosure will have all those finalized, all those things, and uh, yeah, that's it. And then you get to the actual. At that point, you have the clear to close, the closing disclosure signed. After the closing disclosure, you have three days until the three business days. You can rescind and, and back out of the deal if you want. Yep. Um, and, and then if you don't back out, then you can actually schedule the closing. And that day, you go to the closing and uh, you sign all, all the papers all over again. You sign the mortgage, you sign the deed, right. the title, a ton, you know. Yeah, that's like a lot of, that's a lot of, that's a long day of signing. It's a long day of signing. It's a, it's a lot better than it used to be, but it's still a ton of signing. Yeah. And that, but at the end of it, you get the keys to the house and uh, your 30 years start with the bank. You start paying that bank. <laughs> your actual, your real payment is like a month and a half afterwards. Yeah, for the most part. But yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're at that point, you're the owner of the house on the, yeah, the attorney is going to take your your file, your mortgage down to uh, city or town hall. They record it, and you're the official owner of the property. And you go to the house, and you you move in. Uh, you know, as soon as you want. So that's it, folks. That's the uh, basically the encyclopedia. Of, that was it. Yeah, of mortgages. Right. The there. whole glossary. Yeah, I I, I was trying to be a little lighter and, and quicker, but I, I think I went on a little too long there. But uh, we're at 23 minutes, but that's fine. Yeah, that's it's right. one of our longer episodes, episodes, but it's. Um, 
it's good to have all that language out there, know what those words mean, because you're going to hear a lot of those buzzwords during the process, uh, and you might wonder what they are, and that's and that, that's exactly what they are. Uh, and and if you don't know, then just ask your loan officer, whoever you're working with, for sure, to just like explain exactly what that is, and and they'll be more than happy to do that. Absolutely, they should be if they're good. And if they're not, then uh, come to Nick Kasha. And Nick, how can they reach you again? Nicholas Kasha at myccmortgage.com or uh, Kasha Mortgages 401 on uh, all the socials, Instagram, uh, or LinkedIn, or uh, yeah, Google me. I'll be around. That's it. All right, folks. Thanks again, uh, Nick, for for going through that with us. Uh, We'll see you guys next time.